Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Mel. And we're allowed to hug in camera. It's, it's, it's allowed. Not in New South Wales, so that is a real gift. Um, thank you. Um, but it is a uh, apologies about the winter, yes. You know, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. So he heard that throwaway comment about winter. Um, hey, thanks so much, worship team. You guys can be seated. And uh, can we thank the worship team? And uh, behind, every, behind every skilled worship team is a skilled production team. So thank you guys. And um, doing a great job back there. Uh, and also, I just wanted to thank, I just saw it out of the corner of my eye um, this morning, just the, the, um, the, the guys just resetting the chairs and things this morning. And so I don't know who you are or where you went, but I just want to thank you um, for being willing to do the unseen things to serve the Lord. And, and God sees it. God sees it. And the Bible talks about, you know, we don't like to talk about reward too much, but the Bible talks about the reward for doing the unseen things. Like God sees you. So thank you guys. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it's, it is an honor to be here. And I just want to thank Pastor Mel and Pastor Paul for having us. Josh, one of our youth leaders from Ride um, here as well. And um, thanks for, you know, just it's an honor to be here and to speak. Thank you for the opportunity for taking a, a risk on uh, just some wild man from Sydney. So, but um, it, it's, a, it's a great honor to be here. And um, my wife Liv and I do really, we see um, Mel and Paul around at conferences and stuff, but we always notice them in prayer meetings. And we're always like, okay, here we go. Here they go. They come, they bring it. And um, they're just great leaders. And uh, you're very blessed. You're a very blessed church to have them leading the way, praying for you. So can you just honor them, thank them this morning? I just... I love, um, I love a good, you know, like, like in Pentecostal churches, how like when we thank people, we do like clapping. It's kind of weird. Like in, in no other like scenario, do you ever like applaud someone as a way of thanking them? It's very funny. I find it really funny. Like, you know, I don't, I don't get off the bus and just applaud the bus driver. So it's just funny, but maybe we should start doing that. I don't know, it might catch on, but, um, yeah, come on now. Uh, we are in a, uh, uh, a series called um, Distinct. Oh, and before I get into it, though, I do also want to say we had a, a great time yesterday with some of the youth team and Tim and Megan, and, and uh, it was awesome. And there was just such a sense for me anyway that uh, God is, God's like up to something. God's doing something in the youth, in the next generation. And uh, it just, to me, it's like a feeling of like, I don't know how to put it other than to say, um, I don't know if it rains in Canberra, but like when it rains in Sydney, you can just before it rains you can smell it like there's like a and that's how it felt to me it's like oh God's like up to something here and it's exciting and um so I mean what a great church to be a part of like you know God's just God's doing great stuff he's doing seen things he's doing unseen things he's good and uh, as I was praying this morning this isn't part of the message but uh, I just got a sense um, from God and saw, saw a picture of um, C3 Watson this flock of sheep and Jesus, the good shepherd, standing over you, his eye on you. And that's just like a, a little encouragement for someone here today. His eye is on you. He sees you. You're not unseen by him. He loves you. Maybe you feel unseen. Maybe you feel like you forget about God during the week and you're nine to five. He's, he sees you. His eye is on you. You're precious to him. And I also saw him calling 
other sheep into the fold, calling them in, loving them. And uh, so you're precious to Him. You're precious to Him. And I'm really excited this morning to bring uh, a message that I think will really help you, really, really help you in your faith, in your journey with Jesus, because it's helped me. And we're in this series called Distinct and looking at what sets a Christian apart a believer in Jesus from all the other people around us. And I think what a great thing to think about because, you know, Jesus didn't just come so that our Sunday would look different, so that we would do this. He actually came to do a deep work of transformation on the inside of you so that when you rock up to work on Monday, there would be something different about you. You'd be of a different spirit. You would be a new creation. You would, you would have joy. You would have strength. You would know freedom, that you would be different. He came to transform not our, not our Sundays, just our Sundays, our Mondays, our Tuesdays, our Wednesdays, our Thursdays, our Fridays, our Saturdays, can't forget that one, or our, our whole life. And so I think what an awesome thing. So the thing I want to talk about today um, that sets a Christian, a believer in Jesus, apart from the rest of the world is how we deal with mess, how we deal with our issues. And my wife and I um, live every January, we do something called decluttering. Do you do this in your family, in your household? Every January, you know, you have a great Christmas. Boxing Day, you know, you're living like a king, you're eating like a teenager. But then in January, the calendar shifts and you like wake up and you're like, what am I doing with my life? What am I eating? What am I, what is going on? That's it. Cleanse, declutter, everything. So, so we don't really get into the health kicks because uh, obviously, as you can see, I'm, a, I'm an Adonis. I don't need to get any more muscular or healthy. That's obviously a joke. Um, uh, you know, um, but anyway, um, we, we like to declutter our home, okay? We live in a, in a two-bedroom apartment, and, so like, and we have a toddler. So somehow that house just gets full of stuff. I don't know how. So we declutter in January, um, you know, so we, we clean up, we get things out, we throw things away. And uh, I've noticed every January that there is such a market for the area of storage, of like home storage. You can buy storage bags, storage boxes. There's places you can go to pay someone to hold your storage. Even in our apartment block on the notice board, someone put out an ad saying, hey, can I rent your garage, someone in this building? Like someone's like, I've filled mine and now I want yours and I'll pay for it. There's a place near our house called Howard Storage World. There's, I don't know what's in there, but it's a world of storage. There's a show on TV called Storage Wars. So now we're in full-scale conflict over storage. Like there's just so much storage. You watch a home reno show, what are they obsessed about? Storage. So much storage. Storage under here, storage in there. Thin little cupboard next to the fridge. Only you can store a broom, but you can store it. Like so much storage, storage, storage. But in our home... Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit sentimental about things. So I'll store things away and then I'll find them again and be like, oh, this precious, beautiful memory. Oh, I, I remember this from last time we decluttered and now I'm going to put it away and I'll look at it again in 12 months to have those same feelings. But my wife is awesome. She just says like, dude, do you actually need that? Do you actually need the second drawer full of like old charges from phones you don't have anymore? Do you actually need the Allen keys from the old flat pack furniture that we don't use it like that we got rid of like do you actually need it because what I need to do is just look at it and be like actually this is rubbish 
It has to go, right? I got to get rid of it. And there's something so freeing about decluttering and getting rid of old stuff that we've just accumulated. It's freeing. You go into that room that was full of stuff that you don't show guests. And when it's like cleaned out, you're like, wow, what a beautiful room. I've never seen the floor before. How long have we had that? Like, it's freeing. It's beautiful. I can park the car in the garage. How good's that? It's really freeing and beautiful. And if, if we need a decluttering of our homes, how much more do we need a decluttering of our heart and of our soul? How much more do we actually need to deal with the things that have accumulated over time and we've just stored them away for just thinking that it's okay? You know, the, 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 the thing that makes a believer distinct from any other person is this area of repentance, being repentant, because repentance will set you free. Repentance, like to put it simply, if you've never heard that word before, it's just a turning away and a turning to. It's to turn away from all those things that we have accumulated and done and to turn to God and say, God, I don't want it anymore. I don't need it anymore. Set me free. And yesterday, Josh and I were driving and we missed the turnoff to where we were meant to go. Not on the highway. It was all good. It was a minor, minor one, not a major one. It was all good. Um, And now I had two options, keep driving or go back. Keep driving or go back. Repentance is just to go back. Because sometimes in the world, you know, we make a mistake, we have a mess, and we think, well, I'll just keep moving forward. I'll just keep moving forward. I won't worry. Just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Sometimes we just need to come back to God. Like if I just kept driving forward, we're just actually getting further and further away from where we're meant to be. And I could go like, well, actually, maybe I'll just drive faster. Actually, maybe I'll pull over and I'll wash the car. Actually, maybe we'll put on some like tunes and I'll just keep going. But actually, the problem is we just need to come back. Just come back. And the the life of a believer is one of continual repentance. Coming back, coming back, coming back. You know, it's not good enough to say, oh, God, I repented in 1984. I'm good now. No. And I say this to myself. I need to search my heart and every day say, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I need a decluttering. I need a cleansing. And I want to tell you this morning that there is a promise for you that Jesus will forgive, that Jesus will cleanse, that Jesus will heal those things. There's a promise for you in Scripture. And I want to take a look at it together. 1 John 1, nine. A beautiful, beautiful scripture. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, if we just bring it out, if we just should, like say what it is and come honestly before God, if we confess, here it is. He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a beautiful, beautiful promise. I just want to pray before we keep going. Is that all right? That's the correct answer. Well done. We will pray. So why don't you close your eyes, focus on the Lord right now. God, I thank you that you're here and that you're present. I thank you your word says that you are an ever-present help. So I thank you, Lord, that you're here. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would illuminate you would speak, you would reveal. God, I pray you would give us ears to hear your voice, to discern you, to know what you're saying. God, give us eyes to see you before us. Give us a heart to understand you. Lord, I pray your word would speak. 
your word would speak. Lord, I pray that you would set people free. Thank you. Your word says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I pray, Lord, that we would truly know it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. Um, I really like um, expressions and turns of phrase and idioms and sayings. Like, uh, for example, um, one that I was talking about this morning, I find like kind of somewhat funny, is um, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I like that expression because I've never received a horse as a gift, nor have I given one. And also, if I was to receive a horse as a gift, I don't think I'd be looking in its mouth. Like, I don't understand the context of that expression. Is, is it for vets? Is it like a vet thing? Like, if you're a vet, like, just be careful when you look in its mouth or something like that. That's one. Or um, I can't think of any others right now. Um, I also enjoy when people use literally incorrectly. I find that really funny. Like, when someone's like, oh, you know, I got, like, honestly, like, I was just, oh, man, he's so passionate. He was literally on fire. I'm like, well, he was literally a flame. You see, all right? Uh, I really like that. Um, there's one that I quite enjoy and I often laugh about and it's time heals all wounds. Have you heard this? Time heals all wounds because it actually doesn't. Like I've, I've never had a friend, um, you know, and we've been catching up and, and they've shared with me, oh dude, you, you'll, never, you'll never believe it. Like I, I was playing rugby, I fell over, I broke my arm and I've never gone, oh really? Your arm looks fine. What happened? And they've never replied, time time it just healed it like I didn't oh did you go to hospital did you get an ambulance no just waited and then it just time it like healed it like I know some things get better with time but some things like need to be treated right like some things need to be like reset and fixed like time actually doesn't heal all wounds I know some do like it's very annoying when I go to the doctor my doctor thinks time heals all wounds I go I'm sick and I'm like oh I'm sick can you like give me something and she's like oh no just like just rest Oh, okay, well, that's what I was doing before I came here. So what did you study six years for to just tell me what I was already doing? But anyway, um, uh, whoa, whoa, are there doctors in here? That was like a very bad reaction. (laughs) Obviously, uh, I'm joking. I love doctors, the medical profession, honestly. Let's give it up for the doctors this morning, aren't they? Aren't they incredible people? Aren't they incredible people? A true blessing to humanity. Wonderful, good dancers, good drivers. They cook well. They're just gr- good looking. And, uh, and uh, obviously, I'm joking. Calm down, doctors. It's all good. Um, I, I respect the medical profession. When a doctor gives me advice, I listen to it, of course. And I always see the doctor when I need to. And that is what I encourage everyone to do. <laughs> that should cover me now. Um, I, I enjoy watching the show New Amsterdam. It's about a doctor. See, how good are they? Uh, I think we're good now. Uh, good with the doctors. So um, is this like 80% doctors as well? That reaction was so big. I was like, oh my gosh. A house of learned doctors. It's beautiful. Um, but, but some things, as the doctors will all know, some conditions get, don't improve without intervention, right? Sometimes things get worse. Mess gets messier. Uh, things get worse. And I know uh, in my life that some messes get messier. They don't get better um, by, by just sitting there. And this is also true for sin in our own life, mess. The Bible says that, by the way, this isn't something that I'm just saying, oh, you're all sinners and I'm awesome, especially you doctors. I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not doing that because uh, it's a me too thing. Actually, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned fallen short of the glory of God. So we all have this same issue, which is sin. And sin does not trend itself into health. Sin doesn't 
improve over time. Time does not heal all wounds. In fact, sin kind of compounds. It actually gets worse. Like, how do I know this? Well, from Scripture, James 1, 14 to 15 says this. It says, uh, when uh, each person is tempted, when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Uh, The message paraphrase puts it like this. It says, lust gets pregnant and has a baby called sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. Like, that, like I love that. I'm like, whoa, that's strong. I, like, sin becomes a real killer, undealt with. It's a problem for all of us. But there is actually good news. The good news is Jesus Christ. The good news is that Jesus has a promise that He will save us, deliver us, forgive us, cleanse us, purify us from sin. It's good news. It's a promise for us. It's actually an ancient, ancient promise. Did you know? Like God, this was the plan from the beginning of time that He would save humanity from our sin through Jesus Christ. He, that was the plan. Jeremiah 31, 34. I want to look at this prophecy before Jesus about what God's going to do. Jeremiah 31, 34. It says, uh, No longer... Will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they'll all know me. This is a beautiful promise. This is a beautiful, like just side note, let's park here for a second. You don't need to come to church to listen to someone with a microphone explain God to you. You do need that. It's important, right, to build your faith. But you personally can know the Lord. You personally can know the Lord. You personally can open your Bible and hear Him speak. You personally can call on the Lord and be saved. You can have a relationship with Jesus. You don't need to live vicariously through some holy person. Like, oh yeah, God said this to them. How good is that? You can say, God said this to me. God put this into my heart. You can know the Lord. Is that good news? This is a really actually very, very good promise for us because like, side note, we were not the people of God in the Old Testament. So this is like, hey, people who are far off, who don't call me God, will call me God and they will know me. It's so beautiful. I love this promise. And then it goes on to say, um, I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. I will remember their sins no more. This is like prophetic of Jesus and then Jesus enters the picture walks the earth, lives a perfect life that none of us could live, dies a death on a cross for you and I, takes our sin, our error, our mistake on himself and defeats the power of death and the power of sin and raises to life so that we can live too, live free, live in victory. It's, it's beautiful, like Jesus fulfills the promise, but he can also fulfill the promise for you today. The promise that God will forgive you of your sin still stands today for you. That promise is for you. That if you come to Jesus, if you confess your sin, if you bring the light to it, if you say, God, this is where I'm at, this is what I've done, and I'm sorry it was wrong, forgive me. He will cleanse you and forgive you and set you free. That is like very, very good news. There's this beautiful psalm that I love, Psalm 32 verse 1, and it says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are covered, whose sins are forgiven. I think like I just forget 
what I actually have as a Christian. I, like I actually, like I just forget. I love this scripture. Blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven. If your faith is in Jesus Christ, if he is your Lord and Savior, you're forgiven. He's forgiven you. You're blessed. You're blessed. You could lose like everything else in your life. And I'm not saying like I want that to happen. Um, but like you could and you'd still be blessed. Your life could go down the toilet, but you're forgiven and loved by God and saved and, and chosen and caught. It's like you're forgiven. You're blessed. It's awesome. Like I think we just like forget what we've got. I certainly do. I come to church and I sing the songs and I love it. But hey, I'm blessed. Imagine if we woke up every day and we were able to realize I'm blessed, not because of what I have, but because of what God's done. I'm blessed, not because of my circumstances, but because I'm forgiven. It's like, come on, man, this summer, I'm like, man, I wish that was the confession of my lips every day. Some days I wake up and I'm like, where's the coffee? Like, I'm so tired. Oh, now I got a, the stupid emails. I wish I could just wake up and be like, come on, Lord, I'm blessed. Like, it's so good. Blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven. Jesus came to clean house. Jesus came to forgive you, to set you free, to declutter your heart and your soul from sin. He wants to make his home in you. Because, you know, my wife and I recognize we need to declutter. And like we usually have a conversation that goes like this. Um, our, our house is too small for all this stuff. Like, you know, there's like, you know, toddler stuff is everywhere. And then like, you know, there's like other things and then like my thing I'm like a man pig I like live in squalor like I enjoy like being real like you know I'm just like it's like why why is there mud in the house like do do we own a dog no sorry that was me I'm like it I'm like it's too small get it out we're hemmed in like let's just open it up a bit so we can like get it's too small for this but actually the truth is that our home is too beautiful for this like, we, I'm not saying we live in, like, you know, the Palace of Versailles or anything. It's not, like, a beautiful palatial, like, you know, no. Like, but it's our home. Like, it's where we live. It's where we do life. It's where we laugh and, and like, you know, chat around the table and dream about our future. And it's our home. It's actually too beautiful for it. And, you know, Jesus wants to make his home in you. He wants to dwell with you, take up residence in your life. Isn't that beautiful? It's like what he wants to do is too beautiful, too glorious to hang on to stuff. And the the Hebrews 12, this beautiful passage of scripture says, um, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us with, with Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It's so beautiful. Let us like throw it off. I remember a few years ago, I was uh, overseas when we used to be able to do that, um, when we used to be able to go OS overseas, and, uh, and I was with my family, and um, uh, this isn't like a criticism of my family, but uh, we got a very cheap flight somewhere. Uh, they said it was economical. There's other words for it, cheap, maybe people could say that. I wouldn't. I was very grateful uh, to go on the family holiday. Um, if this is like somehow recorded and they hear it, but if, they, if, it's, if it's not recorded, it's a cheap flight. And um, it was the kind of flight, you know, where they treat the passengers just as well as the bags. It's like, great, everyone's treated equally. Just unfortunately, the standard is baggage, not human. So anyway, um, and uh, I remember very vividly being in the, uh, like at the gate boarding the plane and as we were boarding the plane I looked around in the bins and people were throwing away 
belongings. Like there was a laptop bag in the bin. There was like um, gift bags. There was duty-free things that people had bought in the actual bin, not rubbish in the bin. And the reason they were throwing it away was because this airline had a very hard policy on what could and couldn't come on with you as hand luggage. So people were going, well, I'm going to throw away my belongings so I can get on the plane. People putting on extra jackets, like wearing shoes on their hands. Like, I always wear sneakers on my hands. Like, um, but, cause they, but the reason they were doing it is because they understood it's better for me to throw it away and get to my destination than hold on to it and stay in this terrible airport, right? And like, you know, you know where I'm going with this is that the, the, the life that Jesus has for you, the glorious, beautiful freedom life with Christ is so beautiful. The, like, like with Jesus, in Jesus, finishing with Jesus in eternity, glorious and beautiful is far greater than being stuck holding on to things. So just like let it go. I would rather throw it out, throw it in the bin. Like maybe it's uncomfortable to let God search my heart. Maybe it's awkward to humble myself and admit that I'm actually wrong. Like maybe those things are uncomfortable. Maybe it's uncomfortable to go back to where I got lost and have to admit I made a huge mistake, God. That was like that's uncomfortable, but it's far greater to be with Jesus, to have Him take up residence in your heart, to be with Him now, to be with Him in eternity, it's way better. There's a great scripture I love that says our light. It talks about like how struggles in life and it calls them light and momentary. And I feel like that is just so not pastoral. Like imagine, like if I met up with people for coffee and then they told me their problems and I was like, that's light and momentary. Um, next. Like that, that was pretty harsh, right? I'd probably, I don't know if I'd, yeah. But But the author is saying, compared to the greatness and glory of Jesus, those other things actually are light and momentary, still real, still painful, but in comparison, light and momentary. Beautiful, beautiful. So the question is then, like Hebrew says, if it's just so easy to get entangled, the sin that so easily entangles, how on earth do we get it off? If it's so easy, it's like, I think of it as owning white sneakers. Does anyone here own white sneakers? I have white sneakers I got for Christmas. The thing about white sneakers is it doesn't matter how carefully you walk. It doesn't matter you like skip every crack, you know, like walk around the park, never walk through it. Don't go out on rainy days. Eventually, you will step on something. It's just going to happen. They're not going to stay clean forever. And it's true. As we walk through life, sin, it just entangles It so easily entangles thoughts, actions, attitudes. It's just easy. So if it's so easy to get entangled, how on earth do we find the freedom that Jesus has for us? There's a beautiful, beautiful old hymn that I love. You probably know it. And it says this, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And this is how repentance is so different from the world. Because in my garage at home, I take junk and store it away, label it something on the box, you know, spare power cables or whatever. But it's actually junk. It's actually junk. And I can label things as character flaws, or I can try and work on myself or read books or self-help. And I'm not saying those things are bad. They have their place. But what can wash away your sin? What can wash away your sin? Is it religious activity? 
Is it, is it being a very moral person? Is it like going away to some like, you know, retreat in the mountains and, you know, being silent and, you know, only drinking dew from flowers? Like, what, what washes away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus, that's it. That is it, which is very, very good news. Like what we're doing here is not religious moral activity to impress a God who's ticking boxes. We are just responding to the gift and the invitation of freedom in Christ. When we repent, when we believe, when we come to Him, He washes us clean. It is so beautiful. And I want to just give you an opportunity right now to come to Jesus, to stop labeling something when it's really just sin. To stop trying to justify yourself or make amends for a past wrong. Just to come to Jesus. Let Him wash you and cleanse you. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? The Holy Spirit is here. Doing, He's, he's working, He's moving. There's a beautiful prayer in the Bible. It says, search me, God. Search me and know me. Reveal if there's any wicked or offensive way in me. Right now, I would just invite you to pray a very humble, but very helpful prayer where you are. Maybe you want to open your hands, an outward sign of surrender and openness to the Lord. Just pray this very humble prayer in your heart right now. Search me. Search me. Open up the window. Let the light into the room. Search me, God. What is in there? I don't need to tell you. I don't need to rattle off a list of things. The Holy Spirit is with you. He knows. Just for a moment, search me, Lord. you an opportunity to confess it, bring it to Jesus, whatever it is. By the way, this is not a one-time deal. This, as, a, as a believer in Jesus, we have to live a life of repentance. It's like, a, it's like a daily thing. But right now, if there's things in your heart, I just want you to bring it before the Lord. Just say, Lord, here it is. God, here's that thing. Here's those thoughts. Here's those actions, those attitudes. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Wash me clean. God, I thank you for your healing. Thank you for your cleansing. That if we confess our sins, you are faithful and you are just to forgive us and cleanse us. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse people right now. And I thank you, Lord, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I pray right now where there has been guilt, Lord, I pray that there would be freedom. Where there has been shame, God, there would be joy. Lord, where there has been turmoil, confusion, there has been just a feeling of trying to get away from that stuff. I pray for peace right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray you would restore to us the joy of our salvation 
that we would be joyful about it, that we would know, God, how what you've done for us. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never committed your life to Him, or maybe you have, but if you're honest, you've wandered away, this is your comeback moment. This is the U-turn moment. This is coming back to your Father, whose arms are wide open and ready to forgive. So if that's you, right now, I would love us to pray this prayer together. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So we're going to pray this all together. So dear God in heaven, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your son for me. I am sorry for the wrong things I've done. I am sorry for my sin. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. From this moment, Lord, I follow you. I believe in you. I love you. I will serve you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c 3 churchwatson.com.